And we're back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. But it won't be an Inside Sports Fantasy Football without one of my good friends who's here right now. you got to make sure you listen to his new hit podcast that's out there along with his son, the Domination Sports Podcast. you got to go ahead and listen today on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, it's D-O-M hyphenated nation, Domination Sports that's out there for you. And that is Chris Sardieri. And Chris, thank you so much for being part of the program once again. Gerald, thanks for having me back as always. And the plug of the podcast, we appreciate it. Happy to be on Apple Podcasts now. And we set up an Instagram page. It's all one word, Domination Sports Nation. We're having a blast trying to do something productive during this downtime. That is, once again, Domination Sports Nation, D-O-M hyphenated nation sports nation you got to catch a day on all major podcast formats i know for you that is so much more enjoyable than hanging out with me and like i said on last week's show slumming out with me on this show but it is so much more of an enjoyable show for you obviously doing it with your son i could sense as i listen to the episode the amount of pride and beaming that you do on each and every program why, thank, thank you. you. I, I, definitely I definitely do. And um, I'm glad that someone in this house has a better sports memory than me. Uh, he remembers all the names and players and games that uh, once upon a time I used to. But by no means, Gerald, this is, this is not a step down. I thoroughly enjoy this, too. That is nothing more than fatherly pride, like you hit the nail on the head. That's OK. That's OK, my friend. I know while you're beaming with pride when you're speaking with your son on his podcast, you're putting in your layers of disgust when it comes to our podcast, but that's okay. We'll let it slide for now. I would have a better appreciation if you could edit all the 15,000 podcasts I still have to take care of this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I've, I did so many interviews this past week, I'm like, oh, I need to do something. Oh, yeah, let's edit them. So I've got that looking forward to this weekend when I go ahead and take care of this podcast along with the several others. But I truly hope people out there enjoy what we do. Uh, We really work hard on it. We do a lot of stuff after the fact with social media. I know Chris really pays attention to not only pushing his show, Domination Sports Nation, but our show as well. And I cannot thank him enough for doing so. If you get a chance, please, if you're out there, speaking of going ahead and spreading the word, please spread the word via social media about the Domination Sports Nation or inside sports fantasy football shows we truly appreciate it and if you can give us that beloved five-star review on apple Podcasts or wherever you can available on whatever podcast outlet you choose we truly appreciate any support like subscribe and of course tell your friends about both of our shows because if you're a football fan or a sports fan in general they're two really good shows we really put our stamp behind it and we're really glad we could go ahead and bring it to you but my friend we've got a lot to talk oh go ahead i'm sorry Absolutely. As long as they're not giving us hate mail, I guess we're doing something right. (laughs) But for this week's program, I've got uh, some interesting stuff. The NFL schedule, as you alluded to me, it came out last week. So we're going to talk about some interesting games. Plus also as well, where will these games be played? That still seems to be not as much of a big question as it should be. 
I don't think it's really been talked about as much on the media than I think it should be, as opposed to what we're hearing almost every week with the NBA. So we're going to talk about that here coming up in a sec. And then also on the back end, before we get to the woof woof Chris Ardieri doghouse and final thoughts from Chris Ardieri, I want to talk to him a little bit about this Yahoo article he sent over to me about who is undraftable coming up in your fantasy football draft. But first, my friend, I want to ask you real quick. The NFL schedule did come out last week. They're really going into it. They're really starting off as far as some dates already. They're finalizing it now. I would leave it in pencil, personally. But right now, they're targeting mid-September, right around September 10th, to start off these games. In fact, it's going to start with the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs, heading up the schedule at first on a Thursday night on September 10th are at home versus Houston. You've looked over the schedule. And, I mean, there's going to be some intriguing matchups, that, that's no doubt. But when you look at the schedule per se, from a fantasy perspective, does anything really jump out at you early on? Big picture, here's what jumps out at me. I know Roger Goodell is moving forward, like uh, everything's going to be contained, and at the very least, games will take place as scheduled, as you mentioned, and early September, perhaps with no fans. And I give the NFL credit for having that much optimism. I think for me, from a fantasy perspective, will the games even start then? Will there be enough time to have a training camp? I mean, even Dr. Fauci alluded to it earlier this week with Peter King. Um, might be able to have things open by then, but who knows? Are you going to have to have a lot of testing? What if there's a breakout within a team and they've got to be quarantined for two weeks? How do you account for that? So the realist in me thinks perhaps the NFL puts it out there. They try and put their best foot forward, but they've got some sort of contingency plan. And we really don't start until maybe October, which wouldn't be a bad thing because Roger Goodell will get his wish. The season will extend on. The Super Bowl would potentially be in who knows, late February, early March, which I think he'd love. But uh, back to the the fantasy aspect of it, I could look on paper. I could tell you which games I'm really looking forward to. But if you're going to have a shortened training camp or not even one, or maybe the season gets pushed back, I don't know what the heck to do. I mean, I've, I love these people to try and predict what teams' records will be after they glance at the schedule at first, which fantasy – quarterbacks have the best matchups against the weakest defenses that stuff all looks good on paper now but I feel like this is the one year and a once in a lifetime event where I really don't know the games I enjoyed looking at on the schedule are ones that I think will be good matchups but uh, you're a fantasy owner I really think it'd be a disservice for me to say yeah this is a game you got to watch out for and start your wide receivers in this so uh, what do you think well, I think they can start planning early on. And that's something that I think some people really look at is the first two, three, four games of the season when they go ahead with their drafts because they target who might be hot right out of the gate. And that's something that a lot of people that are hot right out of the gate, they seem to carry that momentum through a good portion of the season more than others. It's really hard to come from behind for several games down. I mean, last year I had a situation where I was – you know, losing every game to start off the bat. But then I came halfway on through the season and I won on, a, I went on a, like an eight, nine game hot streak to, in order to get to the championship game. But again, that is not the norm. The norm is usually something, like I said, that if you usually start off hot, 
you're usually able to carry that momentum all the way to at least the end of the season. And if that's the case, you want, do want to take a look at if you're targeting certain members at certain positions, which games of the first two, three, four might be advantageous to you. I look at the Chiefs in their first two weeks. They've got a home opener Thursday night, defending the title against the Texans. Who they, and Texans either had a momentous collapse or the Chiefs had an epic comeback, the way you look at it in that divisional round game. Um, I think they'll be fired up to, to be at home on opening night. And then in week two, they come to L.A. and they'll get to play in the brand-new SoFi Stadium, ideally, and face the Chargers, a team they – typically perform well again. So you want to look to hot starts. I think Patrick Mahomes and crew will not disappoint again this coming year. Well, again, if you're into the Dallas Cowboys, and as we talked about last week with the loaded offense that they are seemingly going to have on the surface or on paper, I mean, they're, one of their first games is against the Los Angeles Rams, which is certainly not the Los Angeles Rams that we knew that went to the Super Bowl not too long ago. And then they follow it up with another, uh, let's say, defensive challenge team in Atlanta. So if you're interested in some early hot picks, you may want to look at the way of Dallas because with that offense, if they stay healthy, they should have a prolific offense all season. But right off the bat, if you're looking for games that maybe are going to favor one team or another for as far as a fantasy football side, I would lean towards looking at Dallas Cowboys a little bit more as far as for the early season because they could really take advantage of what's going on here in the first at least two, if not. Well, again, you know, if you're higher low in Seattle, it could even be a situation where they're scoring a lot of points the first three weeks of the season. And like I said, it could be a really good season for them. I, I think... You, Anybody who's still on the fence with Dak, and you know there's a lot of people on the fence with Dak Prescott, that if there's any season that they think he can perform, this is a season for now. Because we don't know yet if he's going to be at a top-level you know, quarterback for you know a number of years. But I do think if with this kind of offense, I don't think you cannot help but be a good and prolific quarterback with this type of offense that they have right now. Whether or not he's a great quarterback or even a good quarterback long-term, we'll have to wait and see. But for this season, barring numerous injuries, I really think Dak Prescott's going to be having a breakout top five quarterback year. Any other of these games or these teams stick out at you as far as from a fantasy football standpoint? The Buccaneers with Tom Brady, Gronk uh, coming to, down to Tampa this year. Facing off against the the Saints early in the season, I just think those two matchups are really compelling when you look at it. We've got not only two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, but uh, both plus 40 right now, still cranking away at that. I, I think those will be compelling matchups. Um, I'd also like to see the the well, you had mentioned the Rams on defense. I'm curious to see what they do offensively this year. Um, I don't know which team's going to show up. I don't know if maybe one of these young running backs they've drafted previously or the back from Florida State they picked this year. Does that help Jared Goff? Was Todd Gurley kind of holding things back and defenses were keying against the pass? I'm not quite sure. And then, too, I'd, I'd really like to see which Cleveland Browns team shows up. You know, there was a lot of buzz that OBJ was going to be traded right around the draft. It didn't materialize. 
with a new head coach and potentially a new offense, will that help Baker Mayfield? I think their schedule on paper looks a lot more favorable than it did last year, but uh, remains to be seen. But those are some of the teams just eyeballing the schedule, I think, uh, could potentially either be boom or bust type offenses. Getting back to what we're talking about with Cleveland, Cleveland, you know, in week two and week three, they're facing off against Cincinnati at home. And in week three, they've got another soft team in Washington coming at them. And in week four, they're going to Dallas. None of these teams scare me as far as from a defensive standpoint. So, I mean, if... If Baker Mayfield's going to be able to shine, it's got to be right now. Otherwise, by the end of the year, you need to get off him because he's never going to materialize as a great quarterback. But you're going to have an easy schedule, at least in the early part of the season, for Cleveland. And I think it could mean for fantasy football owners for either OBJ or pretty much, and I don't say pretty much, but OBJ for Baker Mayfield or any of the Cleveland Brown really major contributors on offense, you might want to look at plugging them in as your starters for the, at least for the first four weeks. Yeah, those are definitely favorable matchups. Completely agree. And if Baker can't produce against those types of defenses, absolutely, you, there's room for concern. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, I'm talking to Chris Sardieri from Inside Sports. We haven't mentioned our Twitter handles yet, so if you get a chance, give him a tweet and a big shout-out on Twitter, at Chris L Sports, or you can reach us at Inside Sports FF or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com if you have any questions, if you have any, any, if you need any of our advice. You guys and gals were so great last year as far as asking for these questions either on the air or sending it to us via email. We had these questions coming week in, week out. So if you need any more advice coming up with your draft that, again, is coming in the not-too-distant future, if the NFL schedule holds true and it starts on September 10th, go ahead, give us a shout-out, at Chris L Sports, at Inside Sports FF, or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. Well, the next question I wanted to ask you, because, like I said, it's still yet to be determined as far as how advantageous for a lot of these teams and a lot of these players will be for the schedule, but I know a lot of people are starting to look at that and see now that the schedule's out. I have a question. Where are these games going to be played? Because that hasn't really been talked about very much. It's been talked about a lot on the NBA side. People are saying it's going to be either or situation between Las Vegas and Orlando, whether they're going to play Eastern games in Orlando, whether they're going to play all the games in Orlando, whether they're going to play all the 
Western games in Las Vegas or where they're going to play all the games in Las Vegas. seems to be more definitive that it's going to go one way or the other. I wanted to ask you, we haven't heard much on where these games can be played. And this is something really to be considered because NFL teams are, and NFL entourages are much larger than NBA factions. So if people are, if in the NBA are worried about trying to get X amount of tests, anywhere from 15,000 tests on up for to finish out their season, it's going to need a lot more from the standpoint of the NFL. Then you got to make sure everybody's in an isolated situation and you know how are you going to be able to travel and things of that nature. And you want to try and limit that as much as possible. So what have you been hearing as far as where these games are going to be played once this season starts? Right now, if you were to look at it, I think it's going to come down to a state-to-state level where you have certain ones like Georgia and Florida that are more open and then the states that have been hardest hit like New York and New Jersey. Well, it's something to think about. I mean, if they're going to play in empty stadiums, that wouldn't be surprising. But if they're going to ask these teams to travel back and forth on a once-a-week basis, they better be making sure they have private planes which are sterilized at a maximum for the entire team and its personnel because if you start putting them on commercial airliners, oh my gosh, there's going to be cases left and right of people getting coronavirus in the NFL. And frankly, I think a lot of these airlines that have been struggling so much would be happy to have uh, be the official flight uh, of whatever NFL team it is, insert name here. So I, I think that'll be covered. I hope so, because if you don't do this right and you mess this up, having one person test positive is not going to be, you know, something that's going to kill the league or stop the games or anything like that, because you can isolate that individual And as long as you keep testing on a daily basis, everybody around him and and make sure you have that contact tracing done right, it shouldn't be that big of an issue. But if you have one and you don't properly take care of it, it's going to spread like wildfire to an entire team. Yeah, and you don't want to have to shut the whole league down again a second time. Exactly. Just ask that to Rudy Garbera, the Utah Jazz. But anyways... I want to go ahead and ask you this uh, before we head to the Chris Ardieri doghouse. Woof, woof. I want to ask you this. You sent me an article recently in regards to, an extra was a Yahoo article on players for fantasy football drafts they deem undraftable. Now, mind you, it had some obvious choices out there, including Le'Veon Bell, who at this time we were talking about as an as a all-pro and a must-have on your team and first or second round pick and he was somebody that was really going to be relied upon during the season and then he had the season which was awful so we won't go there exactly how that finished up for him but one of the things I wanted to ask you on this list among some other obvious candidates is Aaron Rodgers which to me was kind of surprising Because, yes, his numbers were kind of down on volume. But his efficiency, as you and I pointed out, in fact, I picked him up as a waiver wire. Get that. I picked him up as a waiver wire pickup later in the season last year. He only threw four interceptions. And the only issue there is that he just hasn't had the kind of support in recent years that he deserves. But... Even with the lack of support, the lack of playmakers that he's had on offense, 
The men threw only four interceptions and over 20, I think 25, 26 touchdowns. So I ask you, my friend, why would he be deemed undraftable? I just think that's, I don't know if it's clickbait or overreaction Monday or what the case is, but I, I'll put it to you this way. Is he going to be as prolific as he was last year? Touchdown, touchdown to INT ratio? Maybe not, but uh, the guy's going to be motivated at the very least. And that he knows his inevitable successor has been drafted in Green Bay. And frankly, uh, given the division he plays in, um, I think I'd take him over people in kind of more his demographic, like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. I, I think there are a lot of questions about those guys. Rogers has been very durable. Knock on wood, he hasn't had any injury problems. So I, I don't agree with that either. This doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like I said, even with a lack of playmakers, he was still able to throw 26 touchdowns. And mind you, that's not as much or anywhere near, you know, what some of the other quarterbacks were doing. In fact, you and I had an episode last year on what was going on with Aaron Rodgers because of his lack of touchdowns. But I don't think it's based on his end because you see the accuracy is still there. When you're only throwing four interceptions, that to me is very efficient. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, that is going to be playing quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, the reason why he is still considered possibly, you know, a, a decent reach as a backup fantasy football quarterback is the fact he doesn't throw interceptions. So to me, efficiency is something that I look at because, yes, yardage and touchdowns are great. But interceptions, if they start to pile up, they can really hurt you at the quarterback position. Just ask our friend Baker Mayfield. Absolutely. Gunslinger Baker Mayfield or Jameis Winston, who, I mean, he threw more, I think he threw for more yards than anybody in the NFL. But because of the fact he threw 30 interceptions to 30 touchdowns, a lot of his positive work on the field got negated by interception after interception. Think about that. That's minus 60 points he, he put up against himself last year. And, and all it takes is just a little bit more time, more thought, play, you know, look, look on the field to see if you can go ahead and make a better pass. But again, that's a decision-making out there. I think that's why Aaron Rodgers is still a draftable player because he has that foresight on the field and that he has that ability to go ahead and still make those plays. But again, it's very limited because of the options that he has. So that tells me when you have a quarterback that's so efficient and you still are only able to go ahead and give him so much, he was maximizing every little bit that he could out of the lackluster offense for the Green Bay Packers. It just amazes me that the Green Bay Packers didn't draft or, or get free agents around him or just load up with an offense that could be very uh, much more supportive in an offense that, that he deserves to be because you have a quarterback that it can really still get it done. Completely, Completely agree. agree. And unless the Packers think they have some diamond in the rough uh, option at wide receiver that we're not paying attention to, or we don't know about, I'm scratching my head just as much as you and Packer fans everywhere. So again, that's a Yahoo article on who they are deeming all right away as being undraftable in fantasy football drafts. Yeah, they had reaches right there from Robert Gronkowski, who, again, is injured all the time. So it's hard to assess really where he's at in his career. 
him even coming back is something that was kind of a surprise, but he's going to play with Tom Brady in that offense. So if he stays healthy, he could be very prolific. But again, that's the big question. So that, that wasn't too big of a reach. And like he was saying earlier, guys like Le'Veon Bell, also as well, Austin Hooper. I mean, those were names that stood out in this article. I'm really surprised that they added Aaron Rodgers to the list. I don't think even with the anemic talent around him that he, even if he has anywhere, I, I think he'll still he's still good to have the same kind of season, even at his age, in his mid-30s now. I'm just surprised that you just don't deem someone like that undraftable. I think he would make a good backup quarterback. Starting quarterback in a 10-team league, I'm not so sure. But I definitely think he's worth a reach as far as a second quarterback is concerned. We disagree. disagree. Yeah, absolutely. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my friend, it's been a great episode. But before we head on out, two last things. It's your final thoughts coming up at the very end. But before you do that, it's time now for Woof Woof Woof, the Chris Ardieri Doghouse. The Doghouse this week goes out to football fans, meme creators, internet critics, social media tough guys behind the keyboard that have ripped the Los Angeles Rams new uniforms. Are they perfect? No. But I do think, uh, despite the debacle that was their logo release a few months back, which um, I'm not quite sure if it was a mashup between the Chargers and the L.A. Clippers, not a fan of it, but their jerseys were released yesterday. They've incorporated a lot of their tradition with a uh, uh, royal blue and yellow color combo. The helmet itself looks really sharp. The ram itself is kind of broken into pieces like the odd logo I mentioned, but um, the, the white ones, uh, the road jerseys, kind of an off-white, uh, they call it, uh, I think it's bone on bone. I don't know what these things mean, but the, the jerseys look sharp. I really like the helmets a lot, but of course, everyone to make fun of it, saying it looked like an Ikea or Best Buy uniform. And then Eric Dickerson, he's the uh, self-anointed critic of anything the Rams do for whatever reason. Uh, guess his broadcasting career never did take off after leaving Monday Night Football. So he just makes like he's the voice of reason and expert on anything with the Rams. Ripped them today, but I kind of like them. I mean, I was afraid they'd change it up or still incorporate that hideous gold, which I was never a fan of. But they've got the blue. They've got the yellow. I think it looks pretty cool. And given how some of these teams tinker with their uniforms every so often, like the Falcons, I'm not a fan of that reboot this year. But uh, all in all, I like the Rams, so everyone that criticizes it, you can criticize me. I really don't care, but I, I think it was a good attempt to look to the future and take a nod to their past. I don't think they're bad uniforms. I thought they kind of like a little bit brighter. I think it's trying to look a bit more modern. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's much better than what I saw, like you and I were talking about and discussing what about a month or two ago. Those were, you know, when it was brought out in designs then, I think, you know, when even when you had Eric Dickerson saying they were going to go, saying that he was going to go to ownership over it and, and all the protests and things of that nature, 
I get that, but I don't think the end result or what we're going to see on the field and what we saw pictures of recently is all that bad. No, and I even kind of like the blue on blue alternate jersey. And, um, you know, I, I know Eric Dickerson apparently thinks he's chairman of the board of directors of the Rams, but he's not. And I really don't care what he thinks. So, uh, memes aside, uh, I'm in agreement with you and good job by the Rams. Um, I, but you still are going to get my ire for that logo. I'm just, I've given up figuring out what that is exactly. And last but not least, before we head on out, some final words from you. Uh, I know that there's been some changes in the Monday Night Football booth that I know you've particularly enjoyed, but I also want to hear some <laughs> final thoughts from you on what's uh, on on what you're talking about and what you're looking at so far in the and so far in the NFL. Yeah, thank you for lobbying that over the plate. You're you're a, a great host to say the least. So. Uh, those of you and I want to just let everybody know out there. I just want to let everybody know out there. I didn't know what he was going to talk about his final words, but going back and forth with him on social media over the course of a week, you kind of know. You kind of know. Hint, hint. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, I know it's going to come crushing to a lot of you football viewers out there. No more Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane in the booth on Monday Night Football. ESPN hasn't announced who's going to replace them. There's been some buzz. Will be Chris Fowler or Steve Levy doing play-by-play. Dan Orlovsky was mentioned as one of the potential color commentators. Lewis Riddick. I don't care what the combo is. Those are all better than what I think is one of the worst NFL booths of all time. No disrespect to either of these guys. They seem like nice fellows as it is. But Tessator really made every play like as if it was overtime in the Super Bowl or at least maybe the AFC Championship game. Um, there was a Monday night game against the Giants this past year where he kept screaming about Boston Scott, some unknown running back that was running all over the Giants as if he was a second coming of, I don't know, Wilbert Montgomery. But uh, he was just too too hyped up. And then Booger just Booger just being Booger. I, he loved babbling, loved talking about what guys got paid and trying to justify why they got paid this, making random observations, babbling when he didn't need to. So... I mean, he even haunted us one last time on the NFL draft and won't have to hear him again. Thank you, ESPN. And then finally, in conclusion, look, I'm happy the NFL released their schedule, but I don't see how a league that is not nearly as dependent on the, the gate and fans being in the stands as a lot of the other professional leagues are, but how are you going to justify having no fans in the stands if you're a Stan Kroenke or a Dean Spanos in LA. I mean, their their first two games in that new SoFi Stadium, $5 billion, mind you. The Rams are supposed to host the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. The following week, the Chargers are hoping, hosting the defending Super Bowl champs and the arguably best player in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Vegas looking to have their, their first home game of the year, a Monday nighter against the Saints and that spanking new Allegiant Stadium. Um, I don't know how you can justify that those three owners you know that are the two i've mentioned and mark davis i'm sure they're going to get in goodell's ear and say is there any way we could push this back a little so we can have fans in the stands so i don't know how they're going to do it but yet again i think the almighty dollar will will talk and it's nice of roger goodell to be optimistic for once but um unless we see some dramatic change in what's going on in this country i don't know how they're going to pull it off this early well if there's a will and even if there's not the NFL probably will try to find a way. Yeah, we've yeah, seen. We've seen.
that we've seen, my friend, that we have. If you have any questions for us, once again, please share us your thoughts at Chris L Sports on Twitter, at Inside Sports FF on Twitter for us, or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. And don't forget, please like, share, subscribe, five star, anything you could do to support this podcast. We truly appreciate it. And don't forget about the Dom hyphenated nation sports nation podcast now available on anchor or wherever you get your podcasts well my friend it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough for hanging around with me one more time looking forward to more great nfl news and also fantasy football news right here on inside sports fantasy